I am Chalky van der Merwe, admin clerk of AVG CrossFit and Bubiji Karate. I'm also known as the Castle-like King. My skills include remembering one-liners from movies and lifting more than most girls at the gym. Nick Chalmers, coach at ATG CrossFit, karate instructor at Bubishi Karate, possible vampire and master of dad jokes. Hi, I'm Kyle Chalmers, vertically challenged and horizontally encouraged head coach of ATG CrossFit. And you're listening to Gym Owner Jams. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Gym Owner Jams. Uh, we are in a new state of lockdown at the moment in South Africa. We moved from a full restricted lockdown to level four. Basically what that means is they open certain segments of the economy um, to, to be included. Uh, some people went to work on Monday. Unfortunately, gyms were not on the list to open. Um, we're keeping a close eye on what will happen in the level three lockdown and whether that will be announced soon. Um, but for now, we're still running virtual classes, online competitions, and keeping it interesting for our members. In today's episode, we're going to discuss a couple of things. We're going to firstly check in with our fittest in lockdown weekly winner of last week, Shanae Morcom. Then we'll do a ATG superhero shout out for the week. We'll chat to two of our teachers that are members and one of them is a coach at our box uh, just to chat about how they've been navigating this and what parents can do to keep their kids as engaged as possible, whether that's through fitness and through the online classes that they've been running. And then Nick will end it off with a leg, legendary dad joke. Joining us now, Shanae Morcom. Hi, Shanae. How are you doing? I'm all good, thanks. That's awesome. Listen, congratulations on winning last week's uh, Fittest in Lockdown uh, prize. Taking that down, I know you and John have been training quite hard since this thing has uh, come about. <laughs> well, I think I've been training harder than he has, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting when we uh, when we look at the classes, we can't find a shirt for Jono, and uh, you know that summer clothes <laughs> can't really send him anything. But we'll do that as soon as we as soon as we open back up again. Yeah, I know. It's been, uh, it's been quite a distraction having him not work out with his shirts on. But yeah, what can you do? No, absolutely. From your side, how are you guys adjusting to this lockdown? It's been six weeks. You guys have seemed to get to keep a quite a, a strong routine. So maybe share some of those things with us. Uh, yeah, so I've basically been fully operational from home. So the only thing that really changed was my physical office location and of course my colleague. So um, yeah, so, and it's also really allowed me to really eat breakfast at a decent time and remember to actually have lunch and all those kind of things as well. Uh, so that's been really great. And then also having more time to exercise as well and joining all the different competitions that we have, the online competitions and all that. So, yeah, so it's kind of been really positive in a sense. Oh, that's a great perspective. Uh, interesting to, to, to get a fresh perspective on that. Um, maybe any highs and lows that you want to share with us during this last six weeks? I'm sure there were times that are better than others. 
Uh, so highs, definitely winning last week. I've been gunning for it for, <laughs> for quite a few weeks now. Um, lows, I would say I've really been missing the community, like, the, like physically being able to see them and doing group workouts with them and things like that as well. But uh, what's been really great is the social media connectivity that we've been having. And um, yeah, just liking someone's post or things like that, or just saying, you know, like some positive words towards someone, it's really gone a long way as well. well that's really been interesting. Um, I mean, we always had WhatsApp and social media, but it seems to me now more than, more than ever that we're connecting much more on a on an actual level with, with these chats and these small messages mean quite a lot. If someone checks in, um, you know, it means much more now than it would be say four or three months ago. Um, so yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, social media has been sort of the thing to go to and these social, like these zoom meetings become your, become your actual connection with people, which is interesting. Uh, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's been really great connecting to some people that, Maybe I've seen around in gym, but haven't really communicated with. So yeah. this has been a great opportunity to reach out a bit more. That's awesome. And since last week, I mean, we, we went from a level five, or well, let's call it level five to level four. Has anything changed for you guys in the last week now that we can move around a little bit more? Not really. Uh, we both still have to stay at home, basically. I can go out a bit more, but... Uh, we've kind of decided at the office that we're going to continue working from home as long as possible. So the routine is kind of just continuing. Yeah, that uh, seems to be the norm for, for people that can work from home is to, to stay home. I mean, inter the internet has made it easy for us, uh, must be honest. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us and uh, congratulations for last week. Um, and uh, all the best for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we can open soon. Then we can drink coffee in real life. <laughs> that would be awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Jocks, before Sinead goes, I just need to mention that I've been having these daily voice notes from Jono. He's very <laughs> upset with us that he has been a member longer and that now all of a sudden Sinead is on our podcast. So we do apologize, Jono, but we really did want the celebrity on the show and not some... <laughs> Just random. So sorry about that, Jono. And we ask, I must say, yeah. Sorry, Shanae. Can we ask that if John Jono comes on the podcast, that he has to be fully clothed because people can hear that he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely tell him that, yeah, clothing is not optional in this instance. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Shanae. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys. Bye. Moving on from that, um, we decided to bring in an, a, a, another thing for the next couple of weeks. We call it our ATG Superhero of the Week. One of our members we'd like to give a shout out to. This week's Superhero of the Week is Tanita Brenzel. Tanita is a clinical psychologist working at Baraguana Hospital in Joburg. She's been extremely busy currently, not necessarily working on, on the COVID-19 cases, but working on, on the psychological side with domestic abuse and depression. Um, these numbers have spiked quite considerably, as you can imagine, over the last couple of weeks, and she's been inundated with people coming to see her. 
we just like to give a big shout out and thanks for what she's doing in the community. Uh, Tanita, you're a rock star. All right, then we move on to our segment of the week. We're going to chat to two teachers. One of them is a coach at ATG, striker von Nivenaisen, focuses more than on his biceps than on his mathematics. But he's been, uh, they've been working quite hard. He's a primary school teacher. And then we, we brought in Izel, who's a teacher um, at high school. Both of them are Afrikaans, but they're going to give their best efforts to speak English for their the full podcast. So we'd like to start. Welcome, guys, and thanks for joining us. So we'd uh, like to get your take. Stryker, we can start with you just on how you guys have been navigating these, this lockdown and what the effect has been on the students. Well, currently we're running Google Classrooms for school. So all the subjects have like this program that we're running. Um, all the week's work gets posted on that Google Classrooms on Monday morning and then the children can work through it. We're still on duty, school duty from half past seven in the morning until two o'clock, so normal school day. If there's any questions about the work, um, your planning should be better than ever because the children go through the slides and through the videos that you post and then um, they can ask you questions throughout the day, whatever they have on the certain subjects that you give. Um, the physical education part that I also give, um, we post videos on the Google Classrooms and on the Inica Facebook page, but the Facebook page they don't really look at a lot because the kids don't generally have Facebook when they are in primary school. Whereas on Google Classrooms, grade four, five, six, and seven, they still get that physical education um, part. So we put a warm up up for them, basically a CrossFit warm up, but we don't call it CrossFit because generally primary school parents, they when they hear CrossFit, they hear broken bones and shoulders. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I just call it a normal warm up, um, burpees, lunges. What stuff like that, and then we actually steal the ATG challenges for um, our challenges just to keep the kids involved. For example, the toilet paper challenge and Turkish get up challenge and stuff like that, just to keep the children involved. Because if you tell them they have to do, and then every now and then I throw in like a challenging word, so I go 50 burpees for time or something like that, but then you give them two nice exercises which you can include the whole family, for example, holding toilet papers above the head and max lunges until you drop the toilet paper and stuff like that. Um, I'm generally a very clever guy, so that's what I come up with. <laughs> that's awesome. It sounds, sounds like you've kept them engaged as best you can. Um, Izel, moving on to the high school kids, uh, where I think you know, schoolwork becomes more more challenging and I don't think parents can be as engaged. How have you guys managed to to get your classes or your work across to the to the kids? <laughs> okay, so we're also using the Google Classroom at this stage. Um, so yeah, like Straga has said as well, the planning is um, a lot harder, especially for me giving accounting. Um, it's quite hard to explain new principles to the kids through the online stuff, but we do, are managing like a, um, I am doing PowerPoints and stuff to explain the work. And then there's this, well, we use Google Meet and then I do everything on my computer, like an exercise with them, where we go step by step to show them exactly, exactly how 
we uh, yeah we do it like as if it's in class um but yeah and then we also have um we also add our phones we've got whatsapp groups for all the classes um and then we've work from eight till two so we must be available on our phones from eight till two every from monday to friday um to be able to assist the kids when they actually struggle with some of the work and all those stuff yeah striker just to pose a question to you um obviously we we're drinking currently drinking a drink that shall not be named what i wanted to know is what is the solution that schools have for the future when it comes to kids that don't have access to internet now, there's a probably a huge part of the community and population who don't have internet access on a daily basis, and data is very expensive. How are the schools planning to cater to these guys, at least on the primary school level? Okay, so what they are doing at the moment, um, they did a survey before we started the whole little classrooms things. Um, out of in my class, for example, there's only one kid's parents that don't have um, uncapped Wi-Fi at home. So there is, in our school, I think, I can't tell you exactly, but I think 95% of parents have access to internet and laptops at home, or the children has. For the 5% of kids that don't have, Monday mornings, all the work for the week uh, gets sent to a certain guy at school. Um, he goes into school at, seven, is at school between 7 and, I think, 10. And the parents that don't have access to any internet or whatever, everything gets printed out for them. So all the slides, all the explanation, all the videos. So everything I explain, whenever I explain it, I have to type it out as well. So everything that is said on a video, whatsoever gets printed and gets handed to them between, I'm not sure what the times are, but between seven and 10 on a Monday morning so that they have the, week, uh, the work for the whole week. So that's what they do for the kids that don't have access to internet. Okay. And Izel, from your perspective, is it the same sort of setup or is the high school handled slightly differently? I know, especially in the school that you work at, there are probably a couple of guys that don't have that sort of facility available to them. How, how are you guys catering for those guys? Okay, yeah, so we have a, lit, a little bit more people than just 5% that doesn't have internet access. Um, there's quite a few people that actually went home and they don't have um, network or so they struggle with that kind of thing. Um, we've got a whole, um, our school made like a whole COVID-19 body um, that is sort of dealing it. But so firstly, you as a teacher actually have to reach out to the kids and hear what the problem is to find out is it internet or is the kid just dealing with high school kids. There's quite a lot, a lot of kids that just, they're just not interested in doing the work. Um, it's obviously now their own responsibility to, the, to do the work and parents are not always at home to actually assist with that. Um, so you first find out if it's actually an internet problem or is it just the kid not willing to do the work. Um, so then obviously if it's just the kid not willing to do the work, you actually reach out to the parents and say they must intrude and they must start helping the kid to actually do that. But if it's the internet problem, there is now, um, they're gonna, we're gonna have extra classes and stuff when we all return. Um, everything is in PDF or Word. So we're trying to not do as much videos because the people uh, there's a lot of kids that can't download that um but there is plans in action for if when we return to actually have extra classes with the kids that are struggling or to yeah to get them on track and not just move on with the kids that were more privileged at this stage so basically for us it's just to keep the kids in the routine of actually doing work it's not we're not doing all the difficult work we're trying to to stay with the easy work 
and then we're gonna see how far this goes in the future. Strikes. Um, so Isal mentioned that the they are meeting if they need to over Google Meetings or whatever. Um, is there something that your school is doing similar to that in terms of like a Zoom kind of communication if the kids need to, or is it a personal communication that they need to get in touch with you? Well, what we're doing, like on the Google Classrooms, I've got my page of my subjects that I give. So the kids have access to that throughout the day. When they log on to that, so they see all my classes, all my slides, everything like that. So I'm in front of my laptop the whole day, basically giving school. So whenever they pop a message up, I get it immediately. So they are basically, they have a full school day from 7.30 until 2 o'clock. So, and I'm in front of my laptop as if I'm giving school. There's no uh, communication like this over Zoom or anything. But um, on that as well, it's your personal email. So if they don't want to ask a thing group related or they're shy to ask in front of their um, friends or anything like that, then they can just send me an email as well. <coughs> On the Google Classrooms, they have a personal email as well, but we don't have something that um, is a on a Zoom level at this stage. Um, there hasn't been any questions for it or um, something like that. So at this stage, it's working very nicely. We've had we've only had positive feedback on this Google Classrooms experience. So no one has really requested something more than what we're doing at this stage. And Zali, you mentioned that you're not doing any challenging work or things like that. What is the uh, productivity of the kids in general? Are you covering the same sort of work that you would cover in a, in a term or is it a lot more condensed and a lot simpler stuff? Um, Carl, for, I'm giving class for from grade eight, I'll say eight till 10. Um, from the grade eight and nines, the productivity is not that engaging because it's, you've got the whole group. I've got 100. 218 grade A trying to keep up with this whole system. Um, there is a lot of kids that's, that falls behind, um, but with the grade 10s and upwards, it works perfectly because they actually know how important the work is. Trying to explain a general ledger to kids over um, documents and stuff is quite difficult. So we're trying to do all the easy work for now and trying to, you know, for, so if we get back to school then we can get into the most more difficult work but yes the productivity it is there like i've got like let's say 160 out of the 200 kids are actually engaging and doing their work um, i'm giving work and saying they must take photos and so they submit submit the work to me and then i actually go through the work um and make comments and say listen you need to look at this you need to look look at that and whatever so that for me is almost harder work than giving class in a normal classroom because they can just say it and then 28 kids hear it. Now I have to comment on 28 different kids things saying because most of them make the same mistakes. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're trying to do our best in this whole classroom thing, but there's, it's, um, it's obviously not as good as the normal classroom, me teaching kids and helping them with their work. Oh, that's very interesting and I think that leads to my next question. I mean, what has the parents' buy-in been to this? Because I'm assuming parents need to fulfill that role of, uh, you know, getting the kids to sit down from seven to two or something close to that. I'm, I'm curious to know what, what, what are parents doing at this time? I think in the beginning it was a bit difficult for parents to get involved in the teaching of children because 
now they actually see what's going on, that they've only got an attention span in grade four of 15 minutes or whatever. So in the beginning, it was a bit difficult for them, but in the beginning as well, we used to, we sent out the um, PowerPoints on a thing called D6 Communicator, but ever since we've moved over to this Google Classrooms thing, it's a lot of, <coughs> the work is a lot interactive. So if there's any questions, the parents don't really need to be there to answer the questions. I am there. If there's anything that they need to know or that they need to find out or if they don't understand, I am there and I'm available. Even if they do the work at 7 o'clock at night, um, I still, like, on my phone, I have the app Google Classrooms as well. Um, the notification comes through and I see, okay, Chalky van der Merwe asked me a question about my volcano work or whatever that I've had set up. The parents brought into it very nicely. Um, I think they actually saw now that um, we are still doing all the work. Like they have to tell the kids to, you have to work between these hours, which might be a bit difficult for them, but um, they don't really need to do anything uh, except for get the children to start working or work through the, through the work. And the thing is, um, the kids that if the parents are at work or something like that, they can basically finish the week's work on a Monday and Tuesday because all the work gets released on the Monday. Although if I have for my um, personal and social welfare class, I've got um, activities set up for them to do on a Tuesday and then on a Thursday. But if they choose to do it on a Monday and finish all the work for the week, then it's up to them because some people, some of the people they take, for example, Afrikaans. They've got a whole week's work of Afrikaans, but then they say, okay, we're going to focus on Afrikaans on a Monday. And then we take maths on a Tuesday and we take the extra subjects, the natural sciences and whatever on a Wednesday and then the other stuff on the Thursday. So it's also a matter of how the parents want to structure this at home. Although I sent out my work and I tell them, I would prefer for you to do this activity on Tuesday and this activity on Thursday. But at the end of the day, it's in the kids' hands now. And it's a bit of a, a thing of if the children need to do their own work now. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's really interesting to see how this thing plays out where, you know, kids at a much younger age would need to take responsibility for their own actions. And we will only see that you know, maybe when, once we open again, when you guys see how some of these kids have actually fed during this time. But I mean, I don't think, you know, if you think back at us in grade four and five, I had that responsibility on me to finish my own work. Um, Isel, you guys, uh, how's the parent engagement been? I, I, for me, the interesting thing is, I know you mentioned now, Striker, that the parents are not as involved um, anymore. But I don't think parents can be involved at a high school level. I mean, I can't see my mom teaching me grade 10 math or accounting. So what is the story there? Are they not engaging at all? They're hoping you guys are doing what you should. I think if at our level, it's more of supervision to make sure because you, TRT, you didn't have responsibility at grade 12 either. <laughs> so it's the, the parents that actually needs to... Um, just see supervise more than anything else but yeah i think it's the same as with striker we are on our phones constantly and we are on whatsapp groups um i think for us the whatsapp groups actually work quite well because the kids ask the question once and then you answer it and then all 100 and 
38 of them got the answer. Um, but uh, yeah, into the Google Classroom, I think that the parents are trying to buy in. Um, the only difficulty we had is uh, there's usually just one or two computers in a household and there's three to four kids or two kids and the parents need to work on the computers and all that stuff. So um, we are also, we're giving the work on Monday, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, eight o'clock in the morning. And then they've got time until like the Wednesday at 12 to submit. So you can't really give them homework for the next day because you have to give them more time to actually be able to go through the work and do their homework and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but most of the kids are sort of on their own. They need to work through the, pro uh, through the documents we give them. It will be a bonus for us now because we're actually making documents that like stipulate step by step what you're supposed to do, um, which is documents that we can use, use in the future as well um, for kids that wasn't in school, that was absent, all, all that stuff. So we're trying to see the positive in those whole thing because that type of document take you quite a while to actually, because you have to go literally every single transaction there is, you need to explain to the kids. Yeah, so I don't think the parents are actually teaching their kids maths and um, accounting and all that stuff. But I think they're more there to actually supervise to see that the kids are actually doing the work. 80% um, of the parents still help the kids. Um, as you know, in primary schools, the parents generally help the kids. But we, it's not a fact of um, that we just handed them the work on Monday, they have to finish it, and it's all in their hands. So we're all there to assist them. We're basically teaching, we're just not seeing them. Um, like Isel said, it would be much better sitting in a classroom or on the field, showing them the movements or teaching them the subject. But at this stage, that's the best thing we can do. Um, in our school, we, we, should be, we can be grateful for the parents that we have there because they are really involved a lot, most of the parents. No, sure. I, I, I'm alluding to the fact that I think most people can assist a uh, primary school kid with their work. And I don't think that's, you know, that's as easy when it comes to high school work, especially with, with the sciences and the mathematics and accounting and things. We all have a passion for sport and that's why we, we have, a, have a gym and a martial arts studio. Um, do you guys foresee any sports happening this year? Is, is there talks of cancelling everything? Uh, basically, everything got cancelled. Um, I know the athletics for the year, Athletics South Africa got cancelled, Hockey South Africa, everything got cancelled. As far as I know, the rugby also got cancelled. Cricket only starts in the third term, but I can't see that happening. Most of the sports has been cancelled. I mean, if you think about the Olympics being cancelled, I can't go on with my onderneige or cricket spanniki if the Olympics get cancelled at the end of the day. So um, I think this year we just have to ride it out and see how it goes. But for now, everything's going online. There's nothing we can do about it. We don't have any extramural activities when we go back now because we go back on the 18th and then the grade 7th come in on the 1st thus far. And then... It seems like every two weeks another grade gets phased in, um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, we can't say it. We can't start. You can't say there's going to be cricket or rugby or anything like that because you only have grade sevens there. You're not allowed to have any kids uh, on the school premises after two o'clock. So everyone has to leave after that. There's no chance of one-on-one -on -one cricket or something like that. 
Yeah, just on that note, um, I know we, yeah, everything like the Gauteng netball got cancelled. So the, all the leagues and everything got cancelled. But I know they said if and if we get back this year, I know you can like organise friendlies and stuff because I know there's probably going to be a few coaches that feel they need, even if it's not netball season anymore, they're probably going to want to exercise netball from November or October or whenever everything is back to normal again. We don't know if that's going to happen, but I know they said um, there's no leagues, but we are, if everything gets back to normal, they are allowed to have um, do friendlies and stuff to just try and, because it's obviously going to be a big impact on a, especially under 16 girl playing under 16 netball next year. She, she misses a whole under 16 year, but next year she starts playing first team. So that's quite a big jump for them to not have the under 16 year. But like your striker said, all major sport leagues got cancelled. So that's out. I know we were supposed to have our derby next week, Friday, against Linden. And that is obviously also cancelled. So they're trying to do like, I don't know, quiz nights and stuff to try and just have something going. But yeah, uh, all the rugby leagues are cancelled as well. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I was thinking, uh, for some reason, yes, I was thinking about, you know, some school kids and uh, the, the opportunity matric to get contracted to a union through Craven Week, especially the smaller schools where you your only exposure would be through trials. And I was wondering how many of these guys are going to fall through the cracks now, where I know the bigger schools will have scouts there. Um, I was thinking about you know the guys in uh, Randburg or so forth that, or even at, at primary school level, you know you get a bursary to one of the big schools, and now I don't know if. If those kids are going to fall through the cracks, we, we just hope some some solutions are made to, to get those guys the opportunities they deserve. I think uh, something also to be said is obviously you guys are are looking to keep your livelihood going as well as anybody else. You know, And I think there's been a bit of a contentious issue with a lot of parents, which is nice that you guys have given us what you guys do on a day-in, day-out basis because a lot of parents and a lot of petitions go around should we be paying school fees when the kids are not going to school, et cetera? And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, was that a concern for the schools? Was that a concern for you guys in the beginning when uh, you guys were sitting in a situation where there was no um, sort of predicted date when the schools were going to open again? Uh, were you guys ever worried about your salaries or was it ever something that you guys were, were concerned about and talked about in meetings with your, with your schools, et cetera? Um, like our principal did give us a message quite fast to say it's especially the Beyerlechon poster I don't know what that is the governing body body post that, that the people were stressed about um, but he did give us a, a message that just said please don't stress about that um, they've got they budgeted or they've got um, emergency funds and stuff to actually keep us going until well they said December so um, or for a unknown time so for us it's actually fine but it was a nice message to get because you don't know there's obviously that uncertainty um but like i said i think we both are privileged enough to have we in one of the uh, richer schools in the in the community or in the area there wasn't ever a, a case of you are going to lose your salary or something like that but just to have a backup fund as well all as you can imagine all the sports got cancelled and whenever a school comes to us, we provide meals to all the um, coaches and everything like that. So that also got cut. All the sports has like a budget, whatever you had put in at the end of the previous year. But um, I think they took out most of that money as well. 
um, just to put into like what Isel said there, a backup fund or something like that. But yeah, with us as well, there wasn't ever a case that they said, listen, you guys will get a salary cut or something like that. Luckily not. But like Isel also said, it's, uh, we are in a privileged position of being in a fairly good area and a, and a brilliant school. So um, it was also nice to just know that. But although we had to make plans just to um, cover other expenses um, with this now, with the virus, so we had to cut on some of the sports funds, etc. So it strikes in terms of your your setup, I know um, you and I have spoken about this a bit in the past, is um, you make obviously quite a lot of your um, extra salary doing um, extra lessons and private lessons and things like that. How has this whole thing um, affected that side of your business? Have you been able to make contingencies for that or have you had to just sort of uh, change your, your budgeting structure? What, what has happened with regards to all of that? Well, basically what happened with that, everything fell away because cricket is, I, I have to throw a ball at someone. I can't throw a ball at someone through Zoom or break my laptop. <laughs> so that is, it is a big, it is a big problem um, for myself because, like you know, it's it's quite a big income for me having the cricket academy on Fridays where you have 50 kids there, um, and then one on ones I have every single day two sessions. But I completely lose that now. So it is a big problem for me. But luckily, I have the school's salary and then. Um, that Chalky throws at us like this. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it, it, it is bad for me. It is not a nice thing to have to lose that income every month. But at this stage, there's no other plan that I can make to tell kids, listen, um, you, we, have, we can do this and this for cricket. So I try to engage them in the um, physical education part. But the thing is, with the cricket, you need to be there. I need to throw balls at you. I need to see you bowl. So it's a bit difficult on Zoom or something like that. So that completely falls away from them. And uh, just last thing from my side, guys, something we've noticed in the karate, with the karate uh, dojo and the pupils at the karate, maybe you guys can mention, is it seemed like when we started out, it seemed people thought that it was a temporary thing. We would be stuck there for maybe two weeks, three weeks. Um, and kind of as it's gone on, our online classes and our interaction from our pupils and our students uh, over the internet side of things has got bigger and bigger and bigger as people realize this is not just a two-week thing. Have you guys noticed that more and more kids are doing the classes and doing the work now that they realize, well, there could be a chance that I could be at home until July, or is it still the same of people still believe that we'll go back in a week's time. I think most of the people now, after the education minister spoke, everything like that, they've got an idea of when we are going back. So the basic education minister spoke and she said um, that we are going back on the 18th, or they put a plan in progress for 11th, the, um, the Steve. They go in and the 18th, the teachers go in and from the first the kids come in, um, all the grade seven comes in, and then they're going to phase in the kids from there every two weeks. So I think people now more or less have an idea of when they are coming back. And the thing is, they know if they come back, the work that we have, that I have finished, has to be finished. So I'm not going to catch up on that. Yes, we will do revision and everything like that, but I'm not going to go through that work again because we basically 
finish that work, um, if that makes sense, Carl. Thanks, guys. Um, it's certainly a fresh perspective, um, you know, and, and I, to just add on to what Nick said, I mean, you have, uh, you know, people saying, well, now teachers are not working, so why am I paying a salary? But it seems to me from what I've gathered here and some previous conversations that I think you guys are working harder than ever over the last six weeks. And uh, parents need to respect that, that uh, even though you are not necessarily in a classroom, you are doing much more and you're much more active on WhatsApp and all these platforms than before. But I thank you guys. Um, I think I think this is certainly a fresh perspective for a lot of people. Um, so thank you for that. All right. So that's uh, that's it from Strike and Izal. Uh, I think a lot of people have been listening for 40 minutes for the legendary dad joke. So Nick, take it away. Uh, you know, you guys are funny, but uh, I got a confession to make. I'm a pretty funny guy myself. Right, guys, the dad joke of the week. My bank recently called me to let me know I had an outstanding balance. I said, thanks. I used to do gymnastics and hung up the phone. thought that was nice of them to say. <laughs> oh, great. I think we can end it there. <laughs>